Hello everyone, welcome back to Get Stronger Live Longer. This is episode 8. With you today is Cade Baker and Darren Baker. Hello! Oh, and you forgot, Leo the dog. As always, in here, causing trouble. We don't like to leave him out, do we? We don't like to... Well, he won't be neglected. He's making so much noise. He knows, doesn't he? As soon as we start the podcast, he has to play his, play his role. He's quiet as a mouse all the time. As soon as yeah. we hit record, he's like, right, let's That's make it. some racket. Let's, let's cause some chaos. It's trouble. Yeah. Right, so uh, this episode, we're going to discuss... Well, what we usually discuss, health and fitness. But we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves. Now, uh, Darren's been in the health and fitness industry for over 10 years now. Mm. And I've been in there for about five and a half. So about half of what Darren's done. And... Uh, Times have changed. Things have changed over the, the ten year period. Uh, uh, people weight training's increased. Uh, people's diets. You know, lots lots changed in that time. And we're just going to discuss what's gone on, really. Just the, recap. The world's changed. The, world, the, world, the, the world's changed. changed. Everything's we, changed. Don't, so we don't think it's a nice place at the moment. No, it's not. But we're going to summarise everything, aren't we? Yeah. So uh, let's start with you, Dad. I'm just, just thinking, though. I tell you, let's, let's start with a little story. I just said. The world, oh, Leo's doing his normal thing, sorry. He's, um, we're just saying the world's changed. And it really is. It's not, I don't know, I think it's going the wrong direction. And we're, we're, we're lacking love and hugs, aren't we? We, we need some more cuddles. And I was thinking the other day, just last weekend, uh, my wife and I were out walking Leo. And we're walking through a little uh, coastal village. And there's a, a, a an old lady... Uh, who can't start her car. She's trying to start her car and it won't start. So we walked past Leo and I, I realised what was going on, but my vehicle was about 20 minutes away. So we walked past. I just thought, poor lady. She must have been late 70s. And uh, we had a, we walked Leo and we went back to the car, got back in, in the car. And then when we left, I just thought, I've got to check on that lady. I just need to check on her because I, I had jump leads in the back of the car. So I just need to check on her. So I said to my wife, let's drive back through and see if she's still see there. She's, yeah, see just see if she's still yeah. there because it was yeah. bothering me a little bit. So we drove back through and she was still there. And I, I went up and said to her, you know, can I help? I've got some jump leads. And she's, oh, you really can. I've, I've called uh, the AA and they want 75 pounds to come and start my car up. I said, okay, it's fine. I've got jump leads. We can do that. And then literally pulled the vehicle up, jumped her car for her. Uh, off she went and I just thought I think the point I was thinking about this is we when these opportunities arise you have to take them mm. if you get an opportunity to help someone you should take it always you should just walk past or take your phone out and start filming it you should actually do something about it and I'm thinking just that, that that moment there it's simple and I'm not saying I'm not trying to say oh go me this is all about me my, my point here is it bothered me knowing I could have helped her and I wanted to help her. And I'm just thinking if more people actually, if they saw an opportunity to help or assist someone, mm. they took it rather than walk past or say, something's, if someone's in a bad way, get get their camera out and start filming it. What a lovely world it would be if we just literally give a bit more time to people. So she was there for well over an hour, weren't she? Yeah. So how many people do you reckon drove past and didn't even think about stopping and checking if she was all right or even if they did have jump leads, yeah. think about helping her? It's a simple thing. It's not, again, I'm not saying go me. I'm just, I thought no, about it's, it's not that. It's just, just being a nice person and you can't knock that. 
my natural instinct as well was to help people. Yeah. If I see someone who's, you know, someone who drops something in a shop, I instantly pick, get down and pick it up for them, no matter who they are, because that's just who I am. I like to help. Yeah. And our vehicle was about 20 minutes away from her. We had to walk back. but then And then we had to drive off the main road and then back through the village to get to her. But it was bothering me. I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to check. She might not have been there. She might have left. I thought, I'm going to check. And she was there. And she was so pleased. I like you saying, no one else had offered help to her. No. Um, but I think that's what we're lacking now. We just need to you know, give her a bit more help. I say more loves and hugs. And it's, it's, a, it's a horrible world at the moment. And that's one change I've seen, you know, over the last 10 years. Is, um, it's just not as nice. It's, it's um, again, it's social media and it's, and it's mobile phones. There's this, like, block against reality. And you, you, this phone separates you from the situation. You don't actually live ex- and, and enjoy experiences anymore. It's lived through the phone. Like, you're constantly either recording things or never actually sit and appreciate a moment. And you let moments like that go by. When someone is in need, yeah. and you don't associate yourself with helping them you think well, well there's a com- there's companies that can come and fix this woman's car I don't need to do it yeah but then but again it saved yeah. her 75 pounds yeah, exactly you know I don't know her circumstances that could be a lot of money to her well, yeah um, but anyway yeah I, I think yeah we as we say in a lot of our podcasts if we could have a bit more love and a few more hugs then it would be a lo- it would be a nicer place wouldn't it yeah and I think the world's going it's too far the other way now we, we've all got to look out for each other haven't we? We, yeah. can't, we can't rely on... You can't rely on the government. government I know that. No. no, I don't believe they've got our best interests anymore. I really don't. But anyway, yeah, over the last 10 years. So. Right, so should we start right back 10 years ago when you were running your business? So when I got into business 10 years ago, um, my, my story, as a lot of you might know, started with arthritis. And um, had arthritis, and I, I went to the hospital and had an MRI, and basically said to me, "There's nothing we can do." And my brain doesn't work like that. I thought, There's got to be something I can do. So I um, did all my research, started looking up and everything, and then it, it became quite clear. It kept saying, "Get stronger, get stronger, get stronger." So that to me was a no shit Sherlock moment. I just thought well, that makes sense. Uh, arthritis is in the in the bones. So I thought if I increase my muscle strength, that's got to help. So that's how I entered the business originally. It was to help with my arthritis. Um, then moving on, I got a job in what we call a big box gym, which a uh, big box gym is obviously one of these bigger named branded gyms, lots of members. And I, when I started there, I was 50 years old. So you know, it wasn't like a young PT. And what I saw with what was happening is people were coming in and they just they were going on the treadmill and just doing 20 minutes, then walking away. Uh, they were doing lots of the classes. And as I started talking to people, they started asking me the question, I, I've, been doing, I've been doing this, I've been doing this for so, you know, so long now, six months, a year, two years. I'm not seeing any change. Why is that? So I would then respond by, what's your diet like? Now, what I found, and even a lot of the personal trainers, they were taking on clients and they were just working them out, which can be fun. You know, they can do it's a workout. what some people want, don't they? Some people want to be worked out. That's, some people just want to be freshed. Yeah, but yeah, but that's, that's a mental health issue, isn't it? You know, some people want to punch drink and smoke and yeah. some people want to punch themselves with exercise. But truly, why do most people exercise? Because they either want to get healthier, get fitter, 
a majority of the time lose body fat. Yeah. So I, I saw a lot of the personal trainers. They were working people out, but they weren't getting changed. There was nothing happening to them. They were just giving them workouts, and that was it. So when I when I got involved initially, again, I would say to people, well, let's look at your diet, first of all, and explain that you know you will not outwork a poor diet. So what I could see when I first started 10 years ago is the, the industry was failing to an extent. Mm. People were coming into the gym and they weren't getting what they were looking for. No. They weren't losing weight. They weren't changing. So what do you reckon happened with our culture that made us completely forget that food is the main source of obesity? Why did we? What were people thinking that they could just eat what they wanted and it's train? Good, and yeah, it's a good question. Why, I don't know that? really. It's lack, it is it's lack of knowledge. Education. Isn't yeah, it? It, I suppose people, they just don't realise. They don't. I mean, a lot of people do. It's not everybody. But if you remember the conversation when you first started in the industry, how old were you when you first started? You're just Seven, 17. Well, 17, yeah, 17 years old. So I remember you being 17, and I remember you being concerned. You were 17. You were, you were one of the youngest personal trainers ever to qualify. And I remember you saying, you know, Dad, I'm worried that people won't take me seriously. And I, I'm only 17, and I don't know enough to help people. And my response to you at the time was, Cade, don't worry about you you not knowing a lot. I would tell you now that these people know far less than you. Do you remember that? Yeah. And did they? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they People really have no knowledge at all. Uh, and it, it's got better over the 10 years. We're going back 10 years ago. Yeah. So um, what I did is rather than work people out, I literally said, okay, let, let's start with your diet. Let's look at your diet. Let's see what you're eating. Let's make some changes there. Um because diet's all important. If you want true change, you're going to have to look at that at some point. And then another thing I did is through my research of, of uh, fixing my body, I started doing all the, all the big lifts. It was clear that some of those good compound lifts, deadlifts, squats were great lifts. And I can remember as well, one of the other personal trainers there, he come up to me. He was one of the. He was one of the older ones. He was about twenty six, <laughs> and he was one of the older ones. And I, and I was fifty at the time, and he said, "All the other trainers are laughing at you." And I said, "Okay, why is that?" He said, "Because all you do is get your members to deadlift." And I thought about that. I sort of stood and analysed it. I thought, "Yeah." I thought, "Well, that's why I'm getting results." Deadlifts yeah. works over 13 muscle groups. It's everything. It works everything. It's a mother. So rather than get them doing planks and jumping up and down on boxes, I was getting them deadlifting. And he then turned around, and I said that to him, he turned around and said, do you know what? He said, I think it's fantastic. He said, because anyone that walks into this gym that wants to be taught how to deadlift, they come to you, he said. You get all that business. Yeah. Now, and the big thing for me is I was actually getting the females to deadlift, which just didn't happen. It didn't that's another thing as well, isn't it? So traditionally, w- women have been treadmill runners and cross trainers. You, you, the women in, in the free weight section was wasn't seen very much, was it? Not you, at all. You, no, it was all like male dominated. At the it, time. Ten years ago, it was getting better, but it's still not like it Ooh, is I don't today. Want to go over there, that's intimidating. Yeah, scary. definitely. Which well, yeah, it's a bunch of like basically hulks with like string vests on, yeah. just like parading up and down like bulls. And of course, you wouldn't want to go and. Mingle no. with them in the weight corner if no. you're a woman. And again, you saying that—that's how a lot of people perceive the gym to be as well. And it's—it's it's not like that, you know. No. I don't think it's like that all the time. And a lot of the guys that are serious about what they do—they're the—they're the—they're the, you know, the friendliest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. 
because they want to help people. Because it's their art, isn't it? It's their passion. It doesn't matter. If you're morbidly obese and you walk into a gym and you're trying, mm. you will get help. If, there could be a guy in there that's ripped, you know, full of muscle and ripped, but he sees you trying. He knows how hard it is. He knows what you have to go through. Yeah. And you will get support from that person. So, um, yeah, basically I was getting the females to, uh, to do compound lifts and I was teaching them. And then what happened, the full story is, is I took a couple of female clients on early, early on and they come out of one of the classes. There was lots of classes in this big gym, obviously, body pump and all these other classes. And I took two of them on and absolutely transformed the way they looked. Now, later on, they went back to the body pump class for fun because they, they, they stopped doing it because they were training with me. But they went back to do a class. And when they went in, all the other people in the class were, oh, my, look at you. What have you been doing? Mm. So they just said, well, Darren, we've been training with Darren. So basically what happened is all the classes emptied out and I had numerous new clients. Didn't some of the trainers get upset with you? Yeah, basically a lot of the instructors from the classes put an official complaint into the general manager saying I was stealing their clients. I weren't stealing them at all. They were coming to me and hiring me because I was getting change. I was getting change. Now, people weren't seeing the change. And the amount of conversations I had where someone was on a, you know, just going on a treadmill and talking to me saying, I've been doing this for, you know, a year, nothing's happening. They would then hire me. I'd get them on the weights. I'd sort the diet out and boom, you know, massive changes. Uh, and that's simply what happened 10 years ago when I started. So I started at 50 years old and I was very nervous. Um, it was very, it's quite embarrassing for me to, I've always been the bosses, you know, I've run companies my whole life. So to go back into the situation where I'm 50 years old and uh, I'm not the boss anymore, I'm just working with people. But it was quite clear that within a short period of time, you know, I was getting the business. You were the Don. I was getting the business in the gym. And a lot of the people liked it that I was older. They took me more seriously. So, um, yeah, so got people pushing weights and tying their diet into that. And um, we were, you know, I got results, got great results from it. So, back in the early days, there was not, there was not so many people using the weights, especially females. Yeah. Especially, and even some of the guys, I mean, predominantly no guys push weights, but even I took lots of clients on that are men that still came in and done the treadmill and the rowing machine. Yeah. And, um, Again, weight training is complex. That's why we're in business. Mm. You know, you do. It is good to have someone teach you how to do it. You can look online. You can do things, but you know yourself when you're actually coaching someone one on one. You're guiding them. You're looking at the movement, adjusting them. Um, so I think you know everyone should have a personal trainer at some point, even if it's for a period of time. Oh, absolutely. It is evident that people want change, but they're not quite sure where to get it. Yeah. And having a personal trainer and having that one-on-one connection with someone does really help. Classes are fun, but they don't work, you know. Uh, yeah, treadmills if, and cross trainers. If you want to go to class to mingle with other people oh, and have yeah. fun, go ahead, one hundred percent. But if you want change, if you want to lower your body fat and build mm. muscle and look better, if you want to transform the way you look, the weights. You need to get on the weights. You have to have some kind of weight training involved in that. So back then, there was a lot of that. And, um, of course, we, we um, you know, I, I went through uh, transforming people and that's how I kind of I got into this business. Yeah. Um, also, over the, the period of time, I mean, diet, diet is, 
a lot of people are wiser now, but it, people still don't fully understand. No. They really don't. And it's, it still shocks me sometimes when we talk to people about their diet. They have no idea, do they? They really don't. They're so naive to what food is and what it should be, how you should consume it. We've, fall, we've fallen away from the actual prep and the cooking of real food now. It's all convenience-based. People are trying to find as less time as possible to feed themselves. And that's the most important thing in their day. It's yeah. food. And if we analyse when illnesses and diseases started going the wrong way, because as you know, we're, un- we're very unhealthy as a human race. We've got all these drugs and stuff that we can take, but we're yeah. still really unhealthy, extremely unhealthy. We're doing everything against our nature. Say, in, in the past 50 years is when convenience and processed foods really come about because before then in the 50s even the 60s it was all butchers green grocers you know you ate all local produce but 70s 80s onwards to start you know packaged products processed foods and it's and, it's and that's when worse. the illnesses kicked it, off yeah, it is the illnesses. you can link the diseases and illnesses to that time yeah when we all these ultra processed foods come in and, and obviously these things aren't going to go away ever over time i reckon our digestive system will adapt to the processed food diet we're in a funny medium at the moment where our bodies still like single ingredient foods. We run better on them and processed foods still aren't good for us. They're causing cancer. They're making us ill. And we're in that funny middle period. I think another 100, 150 or maybe even longer years time, processed foods will be, be our diet. Everything will be completely processed and that's what we'll live on. Well, they're trying to do that now, aren't they? There's an yeah. anti-meat campaign going on saying meat's not good. It causes problems and we know we know that's not true. I even saw the other day, they were making, someone's got a great idea of making ice cream out of recycled plastic, it was. Why would you want to eat plastic? I don't know. Making ice cream out of recycled plastic. And now you've got these, you've got these meat-making machines. So they take cells and they so, reproduce yeah, they... them, they grow them and turn it into meat. I mean, I mean, how, <laughs> I just think we're going to eat it and turn, you can see like a zombie apocalypse kicking off from that, can't yeah. you? Some um, kind of like epidemic. Yeah. So, but, you know, the truth is with quality foods, um, nutritious foods, that's where all the vitamins, minerals come from and the protein. So we need these quality foods for our health. A lot of the nutrients is lost, isn't it, through, through um, pr- pr- process, what's the process of making them. So oh, yeah, a lot, that's a lot right, of the, yeah. A lot of the good stuff's taken out. And a lot of them has nothing at all. They're just no, made to just be tasty and yeah. they're just worthless to you pretty much. But so I don't know how much diet's changed over the last 10 years. Um, to this day, we you know we still deal with people that don't understand much at all about diet. It's just really poor education. Even when when I was at school, it wasn't you know the eat well plate. You were vaguely taught about veg is good, but you know there could be so much more taught to make you understand food. But then you'd go home, you watch TV. There's McDonald's on there. There's all these adverts where they make food look good. And you think, oh bloody, hell, I want that. Yeah. All the burgers and that. Well, it's and, a bit money-making business, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. All they, want to do is make, they don't care about your health, yeah. they just want to make money. As we said in a previous podcast, with, with everyone's, if everyone's healthy, then these companies like pharmacies and, and stuff, they don't make money, do they? If everyone's healthy, hmm. they won't go to McDonald's because they care about their diet. They make things more appealing so you consume them. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, I think back even 10 years ago, I found a lot of people had no clue about, about diet and healthy foods, nutrition... I, I think it's still the same today. We still Just get people so worrying. don't understand. And again, the government don't give any guidelines, do they? They don't tell you how important it is for our health. No. Uh, I think I've stated before, I've trained, uh, I've trained a few doctors 
and asked a question because I heard, I, I read somewhere that uh, uh, British general practitioners get like a half a day of training on, on nutrition. And I've actually, I've trained doctors and asked them that question. And the response I got from all of them was, oh, it's, a, it's slightly more than that, but not far off. <laughs> so so as, as we believe, nutrition is everything. It's, it's you know, eating ultra processed foods is linked to diseases and illnesses. Mm. Yet uh, our GPs only get, you know, a day's training on yeah. it, which is crazy. And no wonder we're in a bad way. And toothpaste. How many toothpaste adverts say nine out of ten uh, doctors uh, approve of this? Sensodyne, Oral B, all these companies trying to tell you what's the best thing to put in your mouth. What about food? Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah. Well, toothpaste. But then again, people's teeth are getting bad, aren't they? Because of all the sugar. Yeah. And of course, you're going to seek out more toothpaste. Aren't you? different toothpaste. So it's all linked, isn't it? It's all like knock-on effects yeah. for money making. But it is still strange, how... You know, the government don't get behind quality foods. No. I mean, and they've got it wrong as well. Like you say, the, the Eat World Plate which are bad, but the, the food pyramid at the time had all, all the carbs. We were telling you what to, you know, to eat grains. Yeah. And carbs and fat. And, you know, we always talk fats are bad and we know fats are not bad. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's nutrition hasn't changed very much. We need much. to be taught more on food. Yeah. It needs to be, uh, it's something you do daily. So it, it needs to be. I know over the. I was just thinking over the ten years as well. I remember a couple of years in, uh, the anxiety boomed. It boomed, and so many people had anxiety. And it was almost like a disease. It was like it was spreading. And over the ten years, met people's mental health has just plummeted. And I don't quite understand that either because. You know, we get it good. We get it good in this country. Yeah. We don't have this. No, not. That's the thing. It's too yeah, good. It, it, too good, maybe. Too I don't good. know. But people's. I've seen people's mental health deteriorate so much over the ten years. Um, well, let me put it like this: we, we're especially our country. We're just overstimulated. Ever say back to mobile phones again? Everyone's got phones. Everyone's watching TV. You got constant overstimulation. So you're always. You're always high, aren't you? You're always in this high. But as soon as a little something goes wrong, you plummet. Mm. And you get this standard of being happy. But life, as I said to you before, farming's a good example. Farmers need as much sun as they need rain. You know, need a bit of happiness and a bit of sadness. Yeah. It's an equilibrium, isn't it? You can't be happy all the time. But I feel like we constantly aim to be happy. And life's not like that. Yeah, that's right. And you can, you can use that uh, against, say... Um, pop stars and famous actors they make so much money yeah they're looking for that next high they turn to drugs and crazy things and they look at that they end up dying a lot of the time so you're saying on a smaller scale we're the same we're so stimulated that when things are normal things go bad yeah we just plummet our mental health just drops now I don't know what it's like in certain third world countries but I suppose a lot of those people just get on with it because if they don't they'll die yeah it's life or death every day so it's a constant effort. I'd be very surprised if the third world countries have anxiety and things like that. This is what I'm saying. But, yeah. we, but we've got it good and we have it because we're such... Well, we're, we're snowflakes, aren't we? That's, that's mm. what we are. But I think it, uh, people need to take themselves away from their devices for a while and bring themselves back down to earth again. Because mm. again, you're just seeing all this shit online, people's Facebooks, Instagram, and you see 
the best versions of everyone's lives around you, and it makes you makes you feel bad. You see it, and you think, "Oh, I wish I had that. Wish I had that." Well, uh, definitely in our industry. Uh, again, you can go on Instagram, Facebook, and in our health industry, you've got these guys and girls standing there, and they're covered in muscle and ripped, and all the rest yeah, of them. And you think that's normal? You go on holiday. Okay, so we we went on holiday, <laughs> and how many people are on our, on our island? Fifteen hundred uh, Brits. Oh, no, really when we went on everyone. holiday. No, everyone. Oh, oh, yeah, 1,500. Yeah, yeah. How many of that 1,500 were ripped? Well, uh, How many did you see where you thought, oh my God, they look like someone on Instagram? Maybe one. Two? I don't even, even see them. I didn't, even, even, no, even, no. I didn't see anyone. No. Not like, a, like you see on Instagram. No. You know, muscles, abs, everything. No, there was no one like that. No. So there's 1,500 people. There's no one like that. So when people look on Instagram and Facebook and they see these girls that look stunning and these guys that are ripped, they are very, 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 very rare. That's why you're following them on social media. Yeah. These are freaks of nature, a lot of these. Like if you, yeah, literally, genetically, yeah. that, that's what they do. That is their life. That's why they look good. If you went on Robert's Welding Company on Instagram and you think, oh, look at those welds. He's really good. Yeah, it's because that's his job. Yeah. People's jobs, these are influencers. These people are paid to look this good and do this. That's why they look that good. And a lot of them are genetic freaks. I mean, um, a lot of these people, when you actually look into them, they, they have to eat so much food to put any weight on. Hmm. If they sort of go on a slight diet, they just get ripped. Yeah. You know, and not everybody's like that. A lot of people sniff food and put two pounds on. Uh, some people are just naturally gifted that they, you know, a diet to them is simple. They just cut 500 calories and get ripped. But yeah. majority of people are not like that. So, um, you know, these people they look at on social media, they, they are very, very well, I wish rare. I could look like that. Yeah, very no. rare. And people strive to, and, and they're unhappy because they can't look like that girl or that guy. Yeah. But you, you won't. The, no. These are genetic freaks. Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was genetically built for it there's you a picture know? of him when he's he 50, put the work in 15, i think yeah he put he the was, work in yeah um you have to still put the work in i'm not taking anything away from these people but he had certain genetics that benefited the way he looked um so yeah you can't watch social media and a lot of things you see on there are they're on there for that reason yeah um, it, it makes you feel bad it's self-destructive for you to keep looking at them and and feeling insecure about it is your best off just taking breaks from social media it's the best way to do it and we always say to our members you've got you've got to make the best you haven't you do mm. the best for you because you're never happy with the way you look you never will be no you know i'm not i, I get you know even when i get shredded i still look at myself and think oh i don't like it. i don't like you know you're, ne- you're never happy with the way you look you always want more it's not a bad thing always wanting more because it always drives you forwards but no one's ever happy. I've just picked up recently, which is um, working with members, is if you have, especially, well, this has been with females over the last couple of weeks. If we have a small female, she really wants to be tall. If we have a tall female, she doesn't like being tall, so she wants to be small. And um, you realise that people are just not happy with the way they are. No. You, you, you are what you are. Yeah. All you can do is do Focus the best. On being the best you. Do the best you yeah. can with what you have. It's mm. simply that. But it's very funny how whatever people are, they want, you know, if they've got black hair, they'd rather be blonde. If they've got blonde hair, they don't like it, they'd rather have black hair. Um, yeah. so just, just no, be happy. Yeah, you, you are what you are. You'll never be perfect, but it's the it's the journey there. It's being it's actively trying to better yourself. Definitely. That's what, that's what 
makes the change. Definitely. It's as we say to all our members, it's your journey, no one else's. Not to use is the um in the stoicism that the sages of stoicism is someone who's perfected being stoic. But there's no there's none ever recorded. No one knows a sage because they don't exist. It's mm. just a name. It's a goal to get to perfection. You won't ever get there because you can't be perfect. No. But it's the, it's the struggle and it's the journey of trying to get there. And that's what bettering yourself is about. It's not thinking, oh God, I'm not, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Or I'm not this, I'm not that. No, it's about constantly trying to better yourself to Definitely. try and get there. We spoke about this when it comes to losing body fat. We, we spoke about um, the drugs to help you lose body fat. And, you know, and I, make, I made a statement where I believe it's the journey. You have to have the journey of losing weight as well. Yes. The journey is important. And as, as you said earlier, you know, it, your life can't all be good. You've got to have bads. Mm. It's the Matrix. If you ever watched the film Ma- The Matrix, they were in pods and they were, in a, they were put in a dream world, but they weren't happy. It weren't right. No. Y- you know, how do you know a good day if you don't have a bad day? Exactly. As you said. So uh, I, I do think sometimes the journey is what teaches you and what makes you a better person. Yes. You have to go it through that meaning, journey. It gives it meaning, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it gives your life meaning doing that stuff. And I, again, as we said, taking a drug to help lose body fat is fine, but you still need to know about food and nutrition and why you're doing it yes. and how important food is. Don't just take a drug to lose fat because it's easy. I think the journey is important, especially if you want to keep the weight off. So, um, yeah. So, anything else? So, what have you seen over the last five years? Anything you can think of? Well, one thing I have noticed with, uh, especially kids of this day and age, is uh, capabilities. And when you raised me, as I was growing up, I had chores to do around the house. I would go to school, I'd come back, chuck my rucksack down, and there'd be a list on the stairs with different jobs to do, like wash up, uh, vacuum the floor, just random things. And that was my tick box list. It's called slave labour, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> character building character building I yeah. like it thanks son <laughs> yeah uh. so my, my uh, task was or tasks were to complete that list and once I'd finished that was my time then could do what I wanted yeah could, I could study revise play playstation whatever that was my time after I'd finished my jobs and that was the incentive and I feel like that's lacking a lot recently and especially we talked to a lot of the youngsters in the studio a lot of the 15 year olds mm. and they don't do anything around the house and it's quite worrying because you live there you like to think if you're living at a residence you're going to maintain it you're going to do things to help out in the house but it seems these kids don't and the more worrying part is they don't know how to I mean I had to tell someone how to fry an egg the other day because mm. they just never never done it before and, and you know a 15 year old you should know how to you know basic cooking skills by now mm, it's true it's very true but, uh, we and we are uh, to to clarify that uh, we watched I do I do like South Park it's a little bit controversial at times but one of the most recent things that come out was the Pandaverse and it was all about AI technology which is quite well, it's not new it's been out for a while but recently it's boomed with chat GPT everyone's talking about it everyone's now, talking about, they, yeah. yeah and everyone's using their APIs and their software so basically humans don't have to do these jobs anymore the AI does it like like law, uh, lawyers and other yeah, because law, laws, laws written in a book, isn't it? So you can you could program that, and then exactly an AI could go through all that information, decide Control, if you're guilty yeah. or not. Yeah, compile it. Yeah, and, and yeah. So it, they just basically there's this handyman in it who got really rich because he could do all the physical jobs that AI couldn't. 
So all these people that had jobs that couldn't, they, they were basically redundant now, like the uh, geologists and stuff. Yeah, they're all they're all people that worked from you know worked on computers all day. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when it comes to fixing, it was an oven door, weren't it? When it yeah. comes to fixing the oven door, <laughs> they didn't have a clue. No. So the handyman's driving around in a Rolls Royce, kind of, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's making all the money because no one can do anything anymore. And that's just quite an eye opener, really, isn't it? And if you think about it, well, that that could potentially happen. A lot of stuff that's been made electronic. It's really good call, Cad. I think it is happening. I think people are losing the ability to do things, you know, fix things. Yeah. What, what we did when you were actually at middle school at the time. We did it to build your character, to turn you into a good man. It was no other reason. And we always taught you that um, this isn't mum and dad's house. It's our house. Yeah. And you're a member of that house. We're a team. We're we? a team. Yeah. And as a team, we work together. And we also taught you that if you help mum and dad get finished earlier, and we can all have fun together then, yeah. not you you sitting playing PlayStation, mum and dad cleaning the house right through the night. Mm. So at the time, and it was character building, you know me, it's the way I am anyway. Uh, but you're right, you know, people are losing that ability to do basic things where you can. Um, and, you know, even, you say with young people, but even some of the adults have lost the ability. This is I the think. thing. I mean, I, I chatted to some people about this and I was saying this, what I just said, saying about the what I used to do at school. And I said, I learned from a very young age I used to see mum come home from work, tired, and I think, oh my God, she's been at work all day, and the kitchen's dirty. What am I doing? Mm. So I'd make sure every day that everything was clean, so she could get back, and she could sort herself out. She could cook dinner. It was all tidy and ready for her. Mm. And, and I was talking with someone, and they said, you're really fortunate that you saw that, you perceived that at such a young age. I didn't realise that until I was 26. Mm. Some people just don't realise they don't see it. They're, they're so inward. They don't actually understand what's going on around them. Yeah, but it comes from the parents again. Yeah. You know, we taught you that. And you were always brought up where we look after and protect mum. That's all you've ever yeah. known. Yeah. You know, it's our duty to look after mum and protect her and make sure mum's happy. Um, you know, I like to think, that, you know, I'm old school and I, I wanted to bring you up with the same thing, that you, you protect your loved ones, you look after them. So... I think that went into that. There's where you were, even when you were young, you were trying to look after mum. Basically, yeah. you wanted mum to be happy. Yes. So by tidying the kitchen, it made mum happy when she got in. It was all done. Um, you know, it just made mum happy. So you were doing what you were taught at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. again, you know, a lot of that's lacking as well. I think we need to teach our children. It's nutrition. I had this conversation about nutrition with somebody who's got two two youngsters. And I said to him, you've got to you know, truly understand that if you, keep, if you feed them ultra-processed foods, as they get old, they're going to have a poor immunity, a weak immunity, and they're going to get, they'll be constantly ill and suffer with problems, get ill, get disease, whatever. I said, you know, you need to feed them nutritious foods. It's mm. so important. Because at a young age, if you're feeding them all these nutritious foods, they're going to grow up strong and with a good and immune system. they're going to want to keep eating those foods. Yes. So... If you start getting your children eating, you know, very extremely well, nutritious foods at a young age, you're doing the best thing you can physically possibly do for them. Yeah. And it's so simple, but people don't. They just let their children... Uh, again, how many times we've seen it, Cade, where people pamper to their kids and what they end up eat, eating is just... Chicken nuggets and chicken, chips. Chicken nuggets, chips, pasta and cheese. 
And that's it. They live on that. And, you know, they, they will get ill. So at an early age, you need to adopt these these uh, things and start making sure your children eating, you know, nutritious yeah. foods, and vegetables, meats, good foods. And that's been happening with the generation in between us, probably, mm. where they were coming like out of the 80s, 90s onwards. And that's probably what some people would have been eating most of their childhood. And they're the ones now that have cancer, or yeah. had cancer. And they're ill, and they've got they've got chronic illnesses because of their diet from when they were young. Mm. Intolerances, illness. Intolerances are going through the roof, aren't they? Yeah. But um, no, we should teach our children at a very young age all these things. I think is important. Let's go and put the light on. It's gonna get a bit dark in here now. That's the thing. The lights are drawing in, aren't they? Mm. Again, if we use you as an example, you're 23 now, and um, you're never ill. No, you're never ill. No, I don't. I, I, I think I have times where I feel like I'm fighting off something, but it never takes me. No, that makes you just, sense. Your, your immunity kicks in and does what it should do, fights back. Yeah, you, you know it's there. You can feel it. I feel, oh, I feel a little bit bit bad. Yeah. But the next day, it's gone. My body's got rid of it. And that's how strong my immune system is. And I think with you and I as well, sometimes it's not actually that we, we have a virus, we're ill. I think we're just tired. We're run down. Yeah. Gets to a stage where... We just, you know, dealt with a lot of people. And again, you can't have energy all the time. You can't, no. You can't. Sometimes you've got to have a down. You've got to get a little bit under the weather. It's life, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You're gonna, yeah, that's right. I think yeah. sometimes we just, the old saying goes, our batteries run a bit flat sometimes. Um, but yeah, you're 23. You've never been ill. Um, I've never known you bedridden in the 23 years. No. I've never known you to be really ill, mate. I've known you to come in. Generally, what I've got with you over the years is you'll come in to me and say, Dad, I don't feel very well. I'm like, okay, son, you know, do all the normal things we go through. Then the following morning, you, I see you and I say, hey, son, how are you feeling? And you're like, why? I said, well, you weren't well yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. It's yeah. literally as bad as that really, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and again, you're doing something right. Mm. Otherwise, you'd be ill all the time. A lot, of our, you know, a lot of people we know are constantly ill. 23 years, you've never been bedridden, you've never been ill. And I'm the same. You know, yeah. I'm 58 now. I don't get ill. Um, yeah. So we're doing something right. Would you, I think it's the the um, ability to listen to your body as well. Joe, you, you just get, I think, fancy a bit of fruit. Yeah, it's your body your telling body, you that. Or, yeah. or, or, or thirst. Or, you know, your body just tells but you, doesn't it? Be careful what you say, though, because people listen to this and be like, oh, I fancy 12 donuts. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, Naturally, your body... It will tell you what you need. No, you're, sorry, you your brain me. wants junk food. Yeah. I feel like something else is telling me that I need some some fruit. Yeah. But, yeah. No, but no, that's a good point. But, but, you know, anything, just listen to your body. And it, Often, if you've got an injury, or you've got a bit of an ache, it's telling you to stop doing whatever you're doing, whether it's some repetitive movement, sitting at your desk, your body lets you know. Like, my, um, I injured my hand recently so i bought this a uh, gripster it's called and it's a little device uh, you put your fingers into it and you extend your fingers and close them again and it strengthens your hand and your forearm and um i know better than this but i just went hell for leather right? one morning <laughs> for about an hour i was just doing it constantly and the next day i could feel it I'd, i pulled something in my hand so then i just minimized use of my hand for a while i put some ice on it uh, every day and i just kept stretching it it's fine now probably it's probably bad for like a week or yeah. so and um, again, I had, a, I had a poorly little finger recently because it was just a bit, a bit it was repetitive, basically. I was holding my phone on it and, again, just stopped using it for a while. I listened to it and it's healed now. 
But I feel like a lot of people just ignore. Yeah. Or straight away go and seek help to fix something. Like a lot of people recently have had some injuries. I said to them, yeah, but there's only so much these specialists can do. You've got to let your body actually heal. You need to take time. When did you start feeling this pain? A couple of days ago. It's going to take a week, if not longer. Oh, so certain injuries can take a year to heal yeah, properly. Yeah. Um, but but again, there is no in, magic fix. We're in this instant culture where people think, oh, yeah, I'll just go get my back cracked and that'll be fine. Yeah. No, no there's normally an underlying issue you need to look at prior to yeah. doing anything you know, else. You're sitting down too much. If mm. you are, if you're at an office all day or you're sitting at your desk, try and walk up the, down the stairs a bit more. Try and do some squats. Try and do some stretches. Try and remedy the problem first. And if that doesn't fix it, then try and seek help elsewhere. Yeah. Do what you can first. Listen to your body. If something's mm. hurt, and stretch it out. Yeah. Right, I suppose we should wrap this up around now then. Yeah, guess so. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, just to get you guys a little bit excited, Mythbusters 3 is on its way. We're just going to find some juicy myths to talk about. Juicy. Some juicy myths. So, um, yeah, well, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll get back to you on a later podcast. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye.